Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast, a Burning Hallows production. We are your otherworldly hosts, Alora Rain and Kitty Fields. Push that magical subscribe button so you're notified when we release our weekly episodes. Check out our sister podcast, Mimir's Well, where we explore controversial topics in the witchcraft community. Support our projects and get involved with the podcast by going to patreon.com slash burninghallows. And don't forget to visit my website at alorarain.com to grab a tarot reading, numerology, or soul origin profile. And now, on to the show. The wind is howling just outside your window. The bitter cold seeps in from under the door. The season's formidable storms are coming, and so is the wild hunt. Be ye witch or be ye familiar, you may choose to partake in this festive procession and join your infernal comrades amidst the storm. But be ye frightened of specters, wild gods, and wraiths, it's best to stay inside your warm bed. Yet you never know when it's your time to be swept up by the heathen hunters. In this untamed wintry episode, we hop atop our brooms and meet the furious host while they're out for a tirade through the dark winter sky. Did you like that intro? Yeah. (laughs) Very spooky. Awesome. I was hoping it would come across spooky a little bit. Yeah. And I'm excited about this episode because I feel like I don't know as much about the wild hunt as I should. I feel like we've been talking about it. Like we've been pumping it up for a while too. We're like, oh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. Well, now we actually are. We're doing it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. (laughs) Okay, so before we get started, mm-hmm. we want to remind our patrons to check out the supplemental Book of Shadows pages that go along with this episode on our Patreon page, because it may be helpful in following along. And you can fill out, there's a notes page as well. Oh, yep. Super helpful. Mm-hmm. All right, so kick us off. What is the wild hunt exactly? Okay. I'm really into this myth. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Other names for the wild hunt include furious host, the wild infernal hunt, Woden's host, elf ride and Oscar which means noisy riders or the ride of Asgard. Mm, That's some serious business. For real, for real. Very serious. It's a comparative myth in Northern European, specifically Germanic, Welsh, and Anglo-Saxon mythos, and is a grand and sometimes terrifying spiritual procession of gods, ghosts, witches, demons, elementals, and animals that ride across the sky, particularly during the winter months and during brutal oncoming storms. The most common time for the wild hunt is during the 12 days of Christmas or Yuletide, but basically all winter long. And in the British Isles, other times of the year as well, particularly during autumn. Mm. Yeah. So there's a myriad of superstitions and folk tales featuring this myth, the wild hunt. Okay. I have a comment. Sure. 
So as you're reading this about how the wild hunt basically stems all winter, I wonder if part of the reason this myth survived for such a long time was because of survival, right? So people were like, look, uh, if you go outside, you're going to be swept up by demons and ghosts and what have you. But really, it was because it was so freaking cold, you might not come back. For sure. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to get into like theories and, and whatnot as well. So where we can break this down a little bit further, I think. Okay, that's a really good so point. Yeah. To start us off with one of these superstitions. Okay. So barns with opposite doors, meaning if you walk in one side, you, you know, you see straight through the other, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? If both doors are open. Right were believed to be passed through by the wild hunt. So to me, I'm thinking it's a liminal space, right? Mm. And they can pass through it easily. So people were, I think, particularly worried about their animals in those barns during these times. Yeah. And just imagine if you had to go out there and feed them or clean stalls, you know, you were like, all right, ready, go. You're freezing <laughs> and up. terrified. Yeah. So the spirits of the wild hunt were likely once pagan gods that were downsized and demonized over the centuries. By the middle ages after conversion, most people were taught to fear the wild hunt and that if you were caught outside during one of their rides, you might be swept up and dropped off somewhere else completely different or that your soul might be collected by the riders and I think what you were saying with, if you go outside for too long, you might die in the cold. That kind of comes into play here too, right? Right. For sure. Others believed you could go blind, mad, or be ill after seeing the procession. In the mid 1800s, so this is as late as the, the 1800s, a boy from Norway claimed to be taken up by the wild hunt and visited a strange land of splendor. So this particular particular tale tells me the wild hunt is very similar to the witch's sabbat. Those mm. stories from, you know, the the witch hunting times when a witch is whisked off into procession into a procession, excuse me, of night riding spirits, devils and other witches. Sometimes they visit Elfame, which is land of the elves, right, or fairies. Sometimes they meet their familiars and join other witches to celebrate as bats, etc. So right. there's a lot of crossover or a lot of comparisons here, I feel like. Right. Yeah, definitely. So in certain regions in Germany, for example, in Thuringia, the wild hunt began on a high mountaintop called Horselberg, also called Venusberg, of which was once likely a sacred place for a Germanic goddess who was later associated with the Roman Venus. Hmm. Some believe it was likely Freya who was worshipped on top of Horselberg and of whom would become a leader of the wild hunt herself, hmm. as well as a leader of the Night of Witches, a.k.a. Walpurgis Night, um, which occurs on May 1st. Interesting. I know, I know. So some speculate this motif is based on ancient pagan festivals, particularly maybe involving large hunting parties. Others mm. believe it's the idea of spirits that ride at night and those who astral travel alongside of them. 
This theory supports the Germanic belief that the veil between the living and the dead was thinnest at midwinter, which is, you know, different from the Celts who had Samhain. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I got mm. for superstitions and tales so far. Oh, I'm just sitting, thinking about it and thinking, you know, maybe this belief that the veil was the thinnest between the living and the dead during midwinter was because the wild hunt was more prominent in those really cold climates. Oh so yeah, it's definitely. It's, it, it all is linked together. Yeah, absolutely. And because people died in the winter, right? Oh yeah. More so than the rest of the year. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we get into who the leaders of the wild hunt are in Germanic lore. Mm -hmm. So the first one, the one that's probably most widely associated as a leader of the wild hunt is Odin or Woden. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> He's so intricately linked to this myth that howling wind is still associated with Odin's wagon um, kind of like how thunder is to Thor, right? Right. When Odin is heard or seen leading his crew, he is typically hunting, driving, and riding in the Norse sagas with the Valkyries and his ghostly warriors from Valhalla. And this comes from Jacob Grimm. Hmm. That makes sense. Okay. And how about Holda? <laughs> uh, Holda, my beer. A Germanic goddess whose domain is over the household. Holda is also like her domain is over domestic chores, like spinning. And she's also referred to as Frau Halle in Germany. She's mm -hmm. featured in a fairy tale called Mother Halle. I think we talked about this fairy tale in the last season and witches and fairy tales. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, so in this fairy tale, a girl falls down a well into Hala's land, which is likely the underworld in this tale or the other world, however you want to see it. Frau Hala is also said to shake out the downy sheets, which causes the first snow to fall. Eventually, she would be said to lead the wild hunt, which featured a horde of spirits and witches. I see the definite link with her in Midwinter, as well as with the dead and the underworld through these different tales. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So one of our favorite goddesses and one of whom we've recorded a deity episode about and one that Kitty has worked exclusively with. Bershta is also known as a leader of the wild hunt, but she is said to lead a host of unbaptized babies through the winter storms. She is often conflated with Hulda, according to Grimm. Her annual progress is made to fall between Christmas and Twelfth Day, when the supernatural has sway and wild beasts like the wolf are not mentioned by their names, bringing fertility to the land. At the same time, Holda, like Woten, can also ride on the winds, clothed in terror. Hall riding, to ride with Hall, is equivalent to a witch's ride. Into the same furious host, according to a widespread popular belief, were adopted the souls of infants dying unbaptized, not having been christened. 
They remained heathen and fell to the heathen gods, to Woden or to Huldah. The reason for the unbaptized babies being included in Bershda's wild host is because she was once a goddess who protected women, children, and guided the souls of those to the afterlife. So again, we see the demonization of the old ways in the newer Christian concepts. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? <laughs> I always thought that unbaptized babies just went to limbo. <laughs> but that, that, that was my Catholic upbringing. Yeah, there's a, I guess there's different beliefs on that, huh? Yes, for sure. And Over time. I really, I don't believe that unbaptized babies go to limbo. I'm just saying that's, that was yeah. the dogma that I grew up in. Yeah, yeah, understood. But it's also believed that Krampus parades and the Perstenloff parades were inspired by the mythos of the wild hunt. If you'd like to see what a Krampus parade or Perishton parade looks like, all you have to do is Google it, and they're pretty wild. Yeah, I want to go to them so bad. Okay, so another leader of the wild hunt is St. Lucy. She's also known known as Lucy Brood or Lucy's Bride. Mm. So St. Lucy's Day is celebrated in Scandinavia and Italy on December 13th and honor, honors St. Lucia Syracuse, but likely it was once a celebration of the old Norse sun goddess Sol or Sunna. December 13th in today's calendar would have once been the winter solstice and the Julian calendar up until the 1800s in certain parts in Scandinavia. In Sweden, an old belief was that the night of St. Lucy's was Lucinata or Lucy night, which was an ugly witch who would ride through the night sky with her terrifying horde of followers called the Luciferda. And just mm. fun little fact here. I was born on December 13th. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Lucifer to Lucifer. Mm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Interesting. Or maybe not so funny. <laughs> but, you know, this was originally the winter solstice. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just interesting. And then last but not least, Freya and Walburga are also mentioned as being goddesses that lead wild processions through the air, often beginning on the Brocken, a specific peak in the Harz Mountains of Germany where witches are believed to gather. These wild processions are said to happen in the winter, but also in the spring on Walspurgis or Walpurgis night, which is May 1st. Mm -hmm. And that's just leaders in the germanic lore yeah then we have more can you believe I it no <laughs> but wait there's more but wait there's more leaders they're all battling in the sky to lead the host okay um, so why don't you start us off with some of these leaders from the british isles it makes you wonder though like were they all leading separate parades up there like what's going on is the thunder from them fighting over who's going to lead the wild hunt <laughs> could be okay leaders from the british isles in the british isles the wild hunt is referred to in a few different ways including woden's hunt Cain's hunt herod's hunt and the devil's dandy dogs okay then i always just was told that when there was thunder it was because god was bowling yeah, me too. 
too. I heard I used to hear the same thing, or the angels were bowling. I heard that one too. <laughs> okay, so according to mythology source, an English account from 1127 claimed that several reliable witnesses, including monks, witnessed the wild hunt riding between Peterborough and Stamford over a period of nine weeks. 20 or 30 huge riders went by on black horses and goats. While early medieval accounts portrayed the wild hunt as demonic, later romances imagined it as a host of fairies. English leaders of the wild hunt included Noada, King Arthur, Hearn the Hunter, Wild Edric, and King Herla. Hmm. I know. Very interesting how now we're getting into sort of the fairy realm, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Gwyn Ap Nude. This guy is from the Welsh pantheon. I find this being particularly fascinating as he's said to be the leader of the Welsh fairy folk or the Tulwith Teg, as they're known in Wales. He's also the nephew of the goddess Arianrod, and he's ruler of the Welsh otherworld, Anwen, and he's known to be a great warrior of Welsh legend. He's often equated with the English figure, Hearn the Hunter. Do you want to tell us about Hearn? Herny? So, good old Herny. <laughs> Hearn the Hunter is a legendary figure linked to the Windsor Great Park in England and believed to have been a mythical manifestation of the Horned Lord or Horned King or Cernunos a wild god motif across European traditions. He haunts the Windsor forest with antlers on his head, riding a dark horse and rattling chains. Interestingly, he might also descend from the Anglo-Saxon worship of Odin, a belief these people brought to England before conversion. The name Hearn might come from the name Herion, which was a title used for Woden by the Saxons in his role as a leader of fallen warriors. Mm. I feel like we just described Jacob Marley. Well, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, the the chains and all that. But yeah. I find it funny how it always comes back to Odin. Do you ever notice that? Like a lot of things. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Jacob Marley. That's funny. That's what I, I was... Yeah, I was uh, saying all that and thinking in my head, oh, it's Jacob Marley from, what was it, Christmas Story? Christmas no, Carol, Christmas. right? Christmas Carol, that's right. Which we both love that, that story. What, what about the devil? Okay, I think this is obvious why the devil was also believed to be a leader of the wild hunt. <laughs> if the processions and celebrations began with the pagan gods like Odin, Cernunos, and Gwyn Ap Nude, it only makes sense that with their fall from grace, they were equated with the devil right. or the, you know, the Christian devil and the wild hunt procession became something to fear. Hence the gods would be forgotten and the devil would just come to lead the whole parade at some point. Right. Yeah. But aside from that in Ireland too, the wild hunt is a part of their mythology and folklore so finn mccool and manan and excuse me mclear lead the irish version of the wild hunt and they over there it's called the fairy cavalcade Ooh, that sounds more fun 
It does, doesn't it? It's like, do you want to join the Infernal Host or the Fairy Cavalcade? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the latter for 500. Well, how do witches fit in with the Wild Hunt? I mean, I just think, first of all, they're woven into the Wild Hunt myths from the Middle Ages, like kind of all over all over Germany and all over the where you know Europe where they believed in this uh concept right but i think it's interesting to note that the wild hunt didn't just take place in the winter when you do a lot of your research on the wild hunt it will always come up oh it was during the winter oh you know it was during the 12 days of yuletide which is a big theme then but i theorized that it was also kind of the same story like what we said with the witch's sabbath um, being swept up by fairies or swept up by devils or whatever you want to call them and being taken someplace else. You know, if we compare this to the Germanic celebration of Walpurgis Knot or Walpurgis Night, it's also called Hexen Knot or Witch's Night. That takes place, you know, in the spring or summer, basically early summer, April 30th through May 1st. Like we said, witches were said to gather on the Brocken along with their leader, which all of these leaders, Bershta, Walburga, Holda, and Freya, were also all leaders of the wild hunt. Mm. So there's that link there. And then they, you know, they all fly through the air and go wherever they need to go to dance around a bonfire naked or whatever they were doing. But, <laughs> but I just see there's, there's all these similarities there. And then there's all these, you know, queens of witches, they call them, that were also leaders of the wild hunt in the winter too hmm. yeah what about animals so yeah animals were part of the wild hunt as well we heard a story i forget which story it was what we were talking about earlier but there was like men on what was it goats and horses or something right but the animals associated and seen with the wild hunt almost always have some sort of connection to the dead and the other world or underworld and are also linked to witches and witchcraft throughout time. Mm. So some of the common ones, we said horses, they're a psychopomp in many European traditions and really all over the world. Dogs, they're almost always guardians to the underworld and feature prominently in Celtic and Germanic mythos in relation to the afterlife. They're also guardians of certain deities. Yes. And these are also horses and dogs were also part of hunting parties back in the day. And probably today, if you're still doing like a traditional hunting party thing somewhere. <laughs> right. Right. Pigs and also wolves. And I mean, wolves feature prominently in a lot of witchcraft stories and tales throughout time, as well as in the witch hunts during the Middle Ages. So for sure. And pigs, I don't really know. I just think that they're just associated with witches because of um, domestication and that's all I can figure on that one. Do you have anything on that? <laughs> well, wild boar hunting. Oh, true. Definitely. Good point. A thing. Yes. Think about it that way. Yeah. So that Absolutely. makes total sense to me. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So what All is right. actually happening in the wild hunt? This is where we're supposed to talk about our theories or what, what your opinion might be here. Well, 
On a practical level, I absolutely think that the wild hunt was used to, because it's no secret that cultures use myths to regulate their environment, Mm -hmm. to regulate their population, um, et cetera. So practically, I think the wild hunt or the terror of the wild hunt was used to keep people safe in really cold climates. Makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, but spiritually, magically, I think, I don't think that people were physically picked up and taken to other places. Mm -hmm. I absolutely think astrally. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's my perception. It's just like when they talk about in the British Isles or in Ireland being swept up by the fairies, you know, carried off by the fairies. Mm, yeah i think a lot of that is spiritual yeah and as far as the demonization goes i mean that's pretty much you know everything yeah (laughs) which is funny because actually i saw a tiktok recently that was talking about the christian origins of santa and how christmas is absolutely a christian holiday because santa relates to saint nicholas etc and i just had to comment and say um, excuse me. <laughs> if you really want to take it all the way back, Santa is not from St. Nicholas. No. By far. Uh, yeah. But that's just an example of how everything that stems from paganism, pagan lore, the old ways mm. <clears throat> has been contorted and demonized to fit Christian narrative. Yeah, I agree. I was also thinking about this too. And let's say there were some Germanic, you know, and Celtic pagan festivals back in the day that were processions or parades, what we call parades now. And what if they were more of like, what if people engage in esoteric practices like during those, right? Oh, like yeah. They're going out, they're doing, they're, it's like they're partying, plus it's like a ritual on the same you know, breath and, you know, they're drinking or they're doing whatever they're doing to alter their minds. Right. And I could see how we get some of the beliefs of, you know, riding with the old gods and spirits and that kind of thing as well from something like that. Yeah. 100%. Hundo Mm -hmm. P. (laughs) Absolutely agree. It's Um, interesting too. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, because whether it was trance state obtained through ecstatic dance or through, you know, absinthe or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I kind of get the the image of like the main ads and pan and, you know, all those kind of Greek ecstatic parties, we'll say. <laughs> right. Kind of something similar to that. But I was also thinking too, you know, in Germanic and Norse tradition, Yule is the Samhain, basically. Um, Right. To the Norse and Germanic peoples, Yule is to them what Samhain is to the Celts. And so there's a lot of beliefs around death and dying and, and, and the spirits and everything 
you know, visiting us during that time. And it's interesting to note that a lot of the leaders of the wild hunt were also psychopomps. We didn't let the wild host sweep us up tonight though. So we did good. Thank you all for joining us for another episode. And you'll want to make sure you tune in again because our season five finale is coming up. Sadly. You don't want to miss it. No. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.